This podcast is brought to you by MVR Painting. MVR Painting is a Newcastle-based company with a passion for painting for well and truly over 10 years. They are a small crew making a big difference. If you want the brush with the best, make sure to contact MVR Painting. You can find their pages on Facebook or Instagram under MVR Painting or email them at mark at mvrpainting.com.au. Cheers, peeps. On this episode of the Top Deck Podcast, two-time Knockout of the Night bonuses, three-time Fight of the Night award, and the king of the walk-off knockout, a modern-day gladiator, Mark Hunt. Let's go. Let's get ready to rumble! Today is your day. Allow me to introduce myself. Top Deck. Top Deck. Top Deck. The Top Deck Podcast. Now leave your brain stimulated. Gentlemen, welcome. Marky and Marky. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> How you like Newcastle? Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Newcastle's really good. I love it. It's an amazing spot. I think I've been up here for like four months now, but um, man, this place is really cool. <laughs> Seems like you've been pretty active since you've been here. Yeah, work-wise and, you know, I've had like a couple of weeks off and big weekend and um, now back into it. Okay. Another, I got a, a two-month uh, two block of training now and, uh, you know, getting back into it hard. Yeah, nice. What um, <clears throat> at Rich Fogarty's? Yeah, yeah. Steel City Boxing and um, Strength Republic down there. Just doing my work down there, which is good. Uh, Rob and Rich are really good dudes. Eh? Yeah, good to work with. You've had him on um or in camp before, have you, Rich? This is my first camp with the with the Fogarty brothers. Uh, it's a boxing fight, so yeah, first camp with the guys. But uh, I've known Rich for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Did, did you, I read that you have you done a bit with um, Tony Mundine and that in Sydney? Yeah, I had um, I did just a couple of rounds with Tony long, long, long time ago when I started. Like yeah, right. Long, long, long time ago <laughs> before I was actually turning pro. But yeah, I used to turn out Mundine's gym down in Redfern. So yeah, nice. Used to live in the city, so yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, cool. Well, um, let's get into it a little bit and um, bit of bit of background from um, born and bred in South Auckland. Correct. Where, whereabouts did you grow up? Like. Uh, started in the city in Auckland, uh, like most Polynesians, but then moved out South Auckland, um, yeah, called uh, Papatai or Mangri, they call it. And yeah, yeah spent uh, uh, 21 years of my life there growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Big Polynesian family or? Small. Small? Yeah, two older brothers and an older sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a large family for us over here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, hey, man, there's some people who are famous of 20 and shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. wild. Yeah. I grew up with a lot, like, playing football and stuff in Newcastle, and, like, their families are massive. Yeah, well, so they're, they're, yeah, they're, mine's only small, though. You know, like I said, there's four of us as kids and then one, yeah, four and the parents. So yeah, cool. Six is a long way side family. Some of the uh, poly families into, like, tens and... Massive. <laughs> That's why they all drive Tarragos, isn't it? Like, yeah. get around. Wow. Most of them. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> yeah. um, how was your family system growing up? Um, the family system was, you know, it was not normal uh, per se. You know, I wrote a book about it. Um, you can get that book. Uh, it's called Born to Fight. <laughs> uh, you can read all about that, uh, about me and that uh, upbringing in that book. Yeah, a bit rough. Well, I mean, to me it wasn't that rough. It was quite normal actually. Mm-hmm. Stepping others. back, when you look at it on the outside, um, like my wife uh, realized, you know, it wasn't normal. It was um, it was pretty much like a lot of the the youth uh, about my ways how they grew up. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? Like when it's the normal, you don't really understand how different it really is. You know, like I grew up in the housing commission, and like 
like up till about 10 it was good but then after that you know like there was police chases like through like the little street there was like a car bombing like there was constantly people like banging on doors ripping the person out the door and and punching on you know and to me that was normal like it wasn't you know but then when you tell that story to other people they're like what the fuck's going on you know <laughs> yeah they do it's, it's weird eh? it's just when you're in it you feel like it's normal but when you when someone asks that you meet that is normal then you go oh wow that's normal? Okay, yeah. yeah. Then you realise it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I think you find nowadays as well, like I grew up in a similar family system to Josh, and um, you, but you get street smart mm. and you see all the kids nowadays and they're just not street smart at all because they, they haven't had that freedom or they haven't had them experiences growing up. Yeah. It's, a lot of restrictions now on them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, you get street smart really fast. As a kid, you know, I think I was eight and I was homeless. What, <laughs> two weeks? wasn't homeless. I was running away from home. So at eight years old, you know, so that's crazy. That is crazy when you look yeah. back now, yeah? Oh, considering from this side of the world, yeah. But like you said, you do get street start really, really fast and you grow up really fast. It's not um, as my kids. I like to my kids to be enjoying their uh, youth, you know. I, I think let them stay as young as they can and deal with adults when they get to become adults. Yeah. It's the best way to see it, I think. For sure. I don't think, uh, like, a lot of kids are allowed to do that nowadays. Like, that's probably the best way to look at it. Like To look at it, that's how I look at it. But the the internet is, yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) The internet's made it a whole lot different. 100%. That's my ideal thing about the way I would want them to grow up, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how how were you as a kid? Um, Street smart. (laughs) 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 I was very street smart, so, yeah. Yeah, I was in jail about when I was, um, I think it was 15, I think it was, yeah, I was 16, I was in jail. No, I think I was 16. The guy that, um, this, I'll tell you this funny story, I, I met this guy in jail, you know, he was, uh, and it was like, they say it wasn't a jail, but they say it was youth camp, but you get classified, classified you know, the first three weeks uh, as you're in there. So I, I think I was 16, well, he was 40, but anyway, this is how crazy it is. I met this guy and he just... Um, they put him in for murder, you know, crazy. And then I was like, and he was still young. He was like the youngest there. And then um, um, the story goes on. After 20 years later, you know, I, I was in Auckland. I think I was doing a camp. Uh, after that that um, time I was in jail, I think it was a bit later. And I saw him on the news. And I was like, oh, shit, he goes, um, blah, blah, blah. What's he doing? He goes, and I just looked at it briefly and I said, oh, man, he just got 20 years. And then, I, and then I just didn't, I didn't realise that he just finished doing 20 years oh. for the murder. And I was like, what? He just finished it. And he didn't do it. Really? <laughs> he yeah, just wow. got, I think it was 21 years or something. And I was just crazy because the, um, there were uh, some people that, some people reached out to me and said, oh, Mark, can you do a video about this person? I said, I know him. <laughs> you know, when I was in jail, I, I was talking with him and he's like, this man. And he goes, yeah, he just finished, uh, we're trying to get him out. He didn't do this, this, uh, this murder of this, this this lady just up the road from my place, and um, and he got he just finished doing twenty one years. I'm like, this whoa, whole <laughs> <laughs> <old> prime. <clears throat> yeah, that's Excuse right. Me. And how the universe works, like you know, you're in there at the start, and then twenty years later, you you cross paths again. See him on the TV, yeah. Then I put a video up for him having to get out, and he got out, and then I man, I took we went riding. Um, I had this freaking Audi. Um, I had this Audi. This sports car I said bruh because he was doing some settlement and I was like man you should uh, get your passport 
go have a look around the world. And then fucking around here, you know, and we just yeah. cruising here, guys, man, give me a car, give me this, this, that, <laughs> laughing. And I said, man, go and enjoy the world, man, first. Yeah, that's and then right. And uh, sit your money stream up properly first and then go and look at the world. Yeah, that's but right. Man, I just couldn't believe how, how you know, he was trying to go in and get the $20,000 reward for the murder, like for saying that this person or something, and they pinned him for it. Oh, <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> hey, he's trying to get the money, the $20,000 for putting someone in or whatever the fuck it was for information, and then he, he gets put in himself. <laughs> yeah, that's savage. The fuck okay. the 20,000, you get 20 years. <laughs> you got fuck. 21 years now. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, I was like, bro, don't ever try to get that cheap money. <laughs> Give that money to someone else, bro. Hey, fuck. <laughs> okay. That's rough, man. Like, oh, dude, that's really rough. I, I, I told my my ex is just like this. Wow, and I was like, when I was sitting there talking, we were going for a drive. We were just laughing. I said, man, what a dumb guy you are. <laughs> Okay, go get the twenty thousand dollars. He's not nah, my fucking grandma. I said to me, I said, bro, fuck the grandma. <laughs> Tell him to go and do it. <laughs> oh, he just lost twenty one years that you're never gonna get back. Never. Yeah. Like he's prime. He's you know. Fuck. So what, what would you say? You were sixteen at the time. I think so. Yeah. And I. Fuck. That's. The, I actually think I might have been fifteen, but uh, he was youngest in there, and he got pinned. His name was Amos Pora, so he, he got done for that uh, murder of this lady. Fuck. Yeah, wow. Yeah, poor, poor fella. Netflix, shout out to him. <laughs> Crazy, do, do man. Do a little doco on him. So did you, um, I, I read that you did a couple of jail terms, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, was it, were they close by or were they? Uh, one when out? I was um, 15 and then the other when I was 21. Yep. Um, the first one was um, I got caught robbing these guys for their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, they were Doc Martens too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a sad thing. But anyway... You know, it was we got caught because we did it during the day, and those guys knew who we were. Fuck it, young and dumb, eh? Really young and dumb. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of my stupid, stupid things I did. And what's sad for me about that is my brother went to jail, my oldest brother, and uh, my second oldest, and he he started really hard to get out. You know, I I just fucked around with the streets with all the street kids, and um, you know, try he tried the best to get out of our situation by studying. And my oldest brother tried to get out with sports, but um, you know, I he ended up in jail, uh, um, and you know, he still became a, a mechanical engineer and all, but still, still went down a rough path before it. <laughs> yeah. Done it, done, done it the hard way. Yeah, oh, that's he didn't have to, but you know, but yeah, man, just wanted to help me out, I guess. Who knows? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's yeah. brotherly love. It's what you do. <laughs> so, so um, the second time was it like what got you, what got you in assault. there was it a, a violence like was yeah just assault did you grow up like always fighting as a young kid or yeah a lot of uh, was always going out um, you know it was just there was a lot in those days of people robbing people yeah right you know with shoes and clothes or whatever it was just and then going and it was just a lot of that stuff just violence um Parties, fights, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a lot, like, around a lot when my old boy was sort of, you know, like in the in the, in the the teens, in the 20s too. Like, I, I recall some of the stories all the old boys used to talk about, you know, going to parties or going to pubs and, and fights always breaking out. But it was a lot more, <clears throat> I don't know if you could call it respectful, you know, they'd call each other out and, and take yeah. it to the street and punch on rather than, yeah. than this Nowadays. You know, two, three yeah. people on one. Nowadays side. you get a, a knife stuck in your neck. Yeah, exactly. You right. won't w- wake up the next day. And that's the difference between back then and nowadays. Yeah. And so, I mean, at least 
uh, back then you'll be able to the next day you, you'll have a good punch or whatever it is and you'll still be alive. Yeah, and these have days, a beer with that person, huh. pretty much. Most yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 And that's what's sad about it. These the youth have gone to the next level. Yeah, it's fucking it's crazy, man. So like I read that like you didn't want to inspire to be a professional fighter, but it come about. Oh, having a punch on at, at the bar, you knocked, knocked a couple of guys out and a guy wanted you to just come in the gym the next day. Was that correct? Yeah, his name was Sam Masters. Um, uh, I was at um, doing the usual, um, going out with the boys and, um, you know, all the footy boys get together after the game, go and drink and get on the piss, look for girls. Always ended up punching on no girls. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's how, I, I mean, we... We were around the back of this place called DTMs. It was like a side street, just having a couple. Uh, me and John and these guys came. I mean, well, he went, we, you know, I shouldn't say, hey, we went and robbed this guy, took his jacket, and, these, and he was walking inside the club with a jacket. And those boys, you know, they cornered him out, put him out, took him outside, and then um, we started loading into him. And then, you know, I went to see what he, what he, what he was doing. And then I saw him with these four guys kicking into him, so I went to help him, and I had some, you know, Johnny Rebs on. And if I go, <laughs> ended up shoulder to shoulder with this, uh, my best mate, and they were just kicking the shit out of us. <laughs> uh, you know, they ended up back in the front door laughing at us like this, but um, then the cops were there, so, but, and then I was still pissed off, so we went over, so I just popped one of them and just started popping all of them. We just, then the big fight broke out, everyone's running from all over the place, and and the cops were in it. That was funny. And then Sam saved me from being arrested. That's how I started. So, you know, I had my first fight in that same club the following week. Yeah. And and you won that fight and you and you won a six pack. Is that, is that correct? Well, it was just <laughs> well, it wasn't wasn't professional, it was just, you know, oh, you know, here's a some beers, man, go have a good time. Whatever. I was like, oh sweet, no worries. <laughs> it wasn't organized to pay. It's like, oh yeah, man, yeah. thanks for turning up. Yeah, cool. End of the day, so yeah, that's how I started fighting. Fuck yeah. how things have changed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, nice. So that's where you got the hunger to fight? No. No? No. No? How did that come about? Um, well, hunger came about when I realised I could make money from it. Yeah. You know, I was working in a pharmaceutical factory in Manly, um, 20, 26 years old. Um, I was living here... Um, Four years now in Australia, and then I was in Manly working as a labourer, and um, I was working um, like I said at a pharmaceutical factory, and I, I thought I was earning really crappy money. Uh, I made six months, I'd made like ten thousand dollars, and in this tournament that I'd won, I'd won um, way over that, and only in twenty-seven minutes. What was and, that? Um, was that K one? K one, yeah. And then I decided, uh, you know, then then I went to Japan. I I, I lost, I think it was, and then. Then I came back and went at the, the 2000 and 2001, um, yeah. and then I won that again, and then I won the world title and became a professional fighter at yeah. uh, in that year. The 27 years old, I was still working a full time job, and and I decided to um, cancel the job and <laughs> and start training full time. That's when I became a professional fighter. It's quite old for to be a professional fighter, but um, that's how it started in 2001 for me. So yeah, I read that they. They just wanted to use you as a stepping stone for I was, the yeah, I was coming like, through, yeah. and you end up knocking them all out and winning the final. Well, some of them I knocked out, some of them got beat up pretty bad, yeah. but that was part and parcel of me, you know, training lots, uh, you know, still smoking and drinking and training half of the not hard training half the time. It was just, it was wasn't like uh, uh, an end there for me. It wasn't something I wanted to do. Like I said, it's like yeah. I couldn't see any money out of it. Just like a job. Well, it wasn't. I couldn't see any money out of it yeah, until. Right. 
you know, until I had won this money, I was like, man, I made more money in 27 minutes than I did <laughs> working in this fucking shit factory. <laughs> Yeah, fuck, no brainer. How did um how did that come about? Like like Japan, you know, K one. Like how did that come about? You getting signed and getting over there? Well, it was um I was living with a lady named Lucy. She was a good woman, you know. Um, became a manager, helped me with everything, and um, well, that's how things, you know. Was, uh, she put me in as a wild card uh, with Tarek, and um, and I just trained properly for it. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, they had the. The doorway open towards uh, the Oceana normal shows to go into Japan, and if you win that, you win a million bucks. So you know, I won that and won that twice in the road. Then I went and won a million bucks and won a full time contract. Yep. Yeah. How'd you find Japan? I went there in February. Where? Um, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck's it called? Uh, it's just a province just outside of Tokyo. Um, yeah, and then um, so Shibuya, I spent, in, in Tokyo. Shinjuku, Shinjuku, yeah, yeah Shinjuku, yeah, and then Tokyo, yeah. yeah, and then um, and then shot up to um, Hakuba for a week up in the snow, up yeah, in the Alps, nice. yeah, up in Nagano. Shinjuku is so. where all the the young people are. It's, um, it's a lot of young people where you were. A lot, yeah. And Tinder that, was blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Japan's really. Um, when I was working there, I did like 10, 10 years over there or more, and they were on the phones all the time. Like they were on the phones, like how we are here in Australia now, New Zealand, everyone's on the phones nowadays at a lunch or dinner or whatever. They were like that 10 years ago. Yeah, right. It's um, it's a whole nother world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you don't there? notice it. And I was sitting there going, why is everyone on the phone? And now I come around here, I'm this... It's normal. Yeah. We're just normal. ten years behind. It's like the selfie sticks and like the selfie poles where you put it on the ground and then you walk away and take a picture. Like I ended up buying one over there because everyone's doing it. Like it's just and it was a solo trip for me, so I needed to do it. But it's just so normal. Whereas you put a selfie stick out here, like you're like, what the fuck's he doing? You know? <laughs> but everything's just so normal there, and everything's open late, eh? Like their version of a rebel sport. Like it's it's open till like two in the morning. Well, they work late. Yeah, they, they work till like ten, ten thirty at night, yeah. man. Yeah. Hard work is the Japanese. Um, yeah, I love the culture. I love the Japanese people. They work really hard. Very respectful. That was one thing that I um, that I noticed when I was over there. They were just very respectful. Like, you know, they'll walk 10, 10 minutes out of their way at, you know, Tokyo train station yeah, just wouldn't, to get you where you need to go. They wouldn't high beam people. They wouldn't uh, – and it, sometimes you think they're rude, but they, they, they just don't want to give you the wrong answers. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. You ask them a question, like just – and they're like, they don't want to tell you the wrong answer. That's why they don't want to talk about yep. it, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. And even the first day I, I walked, like I just, the first full day I was there, I was like, I'm just trekking all day. I'm not going to train or anything. And um, I had an empty coffee cup in my hand for like two hours. I could not find a garbage bin anywhere, but <laughs> the streets there are the cleanest streets that I've ever seen. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? But there's no there's no bins in the in the in on the streets. It's yeah, That's just how respectful they are. They just take their rubbish with them and... Drop it off at home. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, it's yeah, the love culture's it. crazy, though. Yeah, I want to get back over there next, Feb. Yeah, hit a bit more snowboarding and probably see a bit more culture things over there, so... Yeah. There's a lot to do over there. So much, a man. Lot. So much. Like, I spent just a week walking Shinjuku in Tokyo and that, you know, like, and just, just gazing up at the skies, at the buildings, the signs, the music coming off it, the red light district. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a magical place. Yeah. So They treated us pretty good over there in, in places. It was good. Japan was really cool. Oh, that's good. It's good that they're sort of blowing up again too with um one championship. You know, creating a bit more demand in the market. Yeah. So I read an interesting fact. In 2015, you become vegan. No, no? I never said that. I just, I did, I did say that. Um, 
Because I saw some videos, I don't, I love animals. I just don't like animal cruelty. And I was like, just, I never said I was going to be vegan. I see when I finish fighting, I become yeah, right. vegan. Fickle. So I'm still fighting though. So. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't believe Wikipedia, man. Just, <laughs> I wouldn't believe anything to say. So, what was the next um, like st- stepping stone for you after the K one? It was um, um, I had issues with the the company also. Um, financials they didn't pay on time a lot of things I was supposed to do I, I did McDonald's ads <coughs> I did a lot of uh, I was supposed to do com- commercial stuff same thing again with different um, companies you know but um, in the end um, Pride came along a company called Pride and um, they were having a bit of a war in, in you know and in, in trying to get uh, viewerships in Japan and stuff so you know and they had Crocop go over with and they were talking to me about it and you know, they asked me, would you fight a guy named Vegeta? I'm like, Vegeta? Because I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan. <laughs> I said, my name is Goku, bro, you know. <laughs> but I didn't know there was actually a fighter called Vegeta who looks yeah. like me. And I was like, oh. But later on, I realized when they offered me a fight, my first fight was like 250,000 US. And I'm like, this, how much? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I'm down for that. So I just, it was a new sport. I didn't know nothing about it. Um, you know, they paid me to go and train with Bass Rudin. I just... Kept the money, went to New Zealand, <laughs> and did it training there. Yeah, and um, so I think so. K one was more kickboxing, yeah. Was kickboxing, yeah, yeah. And the pride, best kickboxers in the world go to K one. Yeah, and then your pride was more MMA style. Pride was MMA, yeah. yeah so it was a different sport altogether. Yeah. Um, it brought in the ground stuff and everything. I had no clue about that. I just thought, you know, when I saw them doing it, I said, like, oh, "That's rubbish." What is that? You know, <laughs> I learned a hard lesson about that. Yeah, who yeah. against? Oh, my first trainer, uh, Steve Oliver, he's a massive guy, but he's a jiu-jitsu guy, so um, he told me he was only about 80, 90 kilos, and he's like, well, I was like, he was wrestling around the ground doing jiu-jitsu, and I was like, this, man, just stand up, man, what are you trying to do? And he goes, you come and stand up, bruh. I spent the next six weeks, man, getting pumped. It's a whole different ball game, eh? Totally different game, man. And I was like, wow. I felt like a little guppy in a, in a, in a, in a shark tank. It was crazy, man. It is. It's really like that. When I was um, doing jiu-jitsu down at Gracie Baja down in, um, in Wyong, and um, there was this young fellow who was like 15, might have been, you know, 75, 78 kilos wet, you know, <laughs> and here I am weighing 100. And um, rolling with him, boom, tap out, boom, tap out, boom, tap out, like just owning me. And it's like... Far out, like you are kidding. Like it's just, yeah. it's all technique, isn't it? It's totally technique. Yeah. The bigger you are, the if you got technique, better technique, you're bigger. The bigger man always beat the smaller man. But man, Guga, I think the guy that runs, he runs Gracie Bar here. Guga. Yep. Yeah. Man, yeah. Professor. Yeah. I transferred up here. Yeah. Man, he's so good, man. I, I mean, he was one of the first Brazilians that came out to Gracie Bar out in Manly with Marcelo. That man. I went out training with him in Manly, dude. He freaking collar choked me, and I was like, "Where's this guy going to bounce choke?" I was like. Ah, that's a tight feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, get off. <laughs> yep. Tricky, man. They, they know exactly what they're doing, man. So, you know, they've evolved the, the mixed martial arts sport, especially with, with the chokes and everything. Really good. They have, yeah, they have. Going back to Pride, I was going to mention like some of your walk off knockouts, but uh, you fought um, Yosuku Nishijima. Yeah, and, um, yeah that, was, um, that was a pretty hectic, pretty hectic fight. Um, you tagged him a few times up against the ropes, but there was one point where he was on his back on the ground and you just, you stood up and just double knee dropped him straight down <laughs> the chest. Oh, hey. I've never seen that in MMA. Like, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's I was a just, very Like move. I said, I, I was just, I was still learning. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Too much street fighter. 
<laughs> uh, it was fucking, that was cool. That was interesting to watch. So was that your transition into like MMA? The, the, the MMA? Was that your transition into like the UFC and that experience or? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a long story about the, the UFC transition, but yeah, it was, went from Pride to another company called Dream. <clears throat> and then, um, and then Pride was bought up by uh, Zufa, by Zufa UFC. And then, you know, long story, but um, whatever Dana is saying, he's fucking lying about it. <laughs> you know, like they say, they try to pay me off. Or they tried to um, pay me off to go because they didn't want me. I mean, mind you, no one would have wanted me. I was in a, in a six-week, six-fight losing streak. You know, I was going through uh, dramas of be, being ripped off. Um, it's hard when you're fighting inside here in your mind and everything else is going wrong and you're trying to concentrate and work. It doesn't work. Mm. No, not at all. You know, us males aren't good at multitasking. We can only do one thing proper pretty much. Yep. But um, when a fighter's like um, all the shit going on in the background, he can't concentrate. And, you know, I, I couldn't win a fight. Mm. I couldn't even beat a fucking wooden chair, I'd say. If I, <clears> especially if now I with, the, with the media and social media, like, you know, everything just gets blown out of proportion now, you know. Yeah. So you've got to deal with the, the losing streak, what's going on with the company you're working for, plus all the media just scrutinising you and, you know, whatever else they're doing. Yeah. Does that affect you? Yeah, it affected me. Um, you know, I was in a couple of lawsuits. It was um, yeah, it wasn't a good time. Like I said, I was just... I just went in there and got money and that's it. I just, it wasn't winning anything. Yep. And I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to win anything. And so and it took me a long time to come back. It was a deep hole. I was in a really bad hole. Um, and only you can get yourself out of the hole. It took a long time. How did you get yourself out of the hole? I had no choice. Yeah. I was backed into a door and a doorway and I said, man, if you don't start winning, you might as well start looking for a job. Fuck that. You know, and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> so I started winning. <laughs> do, you, do you believe that, like, fighter mentality of growing up, how you did, like... Always. You know? I mean, I've always believed I'm the best fighter in the world, even though I've got the worst fucking record. I mean, you ask me any uh, any questions, have you said to me, oh, what's, uh, you know, are you the best fighter in the world? Fuck yeah. <laughs> There's no one better than me. I mean, if I lost 20,000 times, I'm still the best. Mm. But that's just the mindset you've got to have as a person. Yeah. In life and anything, I, I look at it in general... Especially with fighting. Yeah, I think Especially it's Especially with fighting. Yeah, it's, it's a dangerous sport. You can't be half-hearted. You can't be in and out. You've got to be committed and know in yourself and believe in yourself yeah, 100% that you are the best to go into there. You seen uh, Karate Kid? Which one? <laughs> Which, yeah. The well, new the one? one? The new one There's with Will one. Smith. Get, ah, one. the Come original. On, that one. So, oh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No. That ruined the Karate Kid. Yeah. There's yeah. only one Karate Kid, and that's Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. You know? he's, he's with the karate, same thing. Karate do. Or karate don't. Not not karate maybe. <laughs> about the highway. <laughs> the highway fighting is you either do the fucking thing or you don't. Yep. Don't sit in the middle because motherfuckers run you over. Yeah, it's, it's true. like the highway of life to anything, so yeah. Nah, fuck yeah. I um I got a que- I like to dive into like the USC and pays and everything too. Like I'm pretty keen to dive into that. But I, I got a question. Like um obviously like most fighters they all have one fight that stands out whether it be because of you know a highlight finish or or it's because you've tested yourself up against up against a you know one of the greats or one of the well-known martial artists that's like highly highly regarded so you fought like you know ronnie sefo vandalay silver fyodor amelienko mirko krokop frank me alistair overeem is there any fights or any fighters that stand out to you that you know you're like None of them. No. I, do, I don't uh, consider them, all of them, any of them as enemies or anything. I just, they're just workers doing the same job. Yeah. 
Um, the you know the none of them stand up. They're just all. I mean, Fedor is one of the greatest fighters ever. But I just like I said, it's just to me they're all the same. Yep. You know, it's like my dad used to say to me before he gave me a hiding. You got two arms, two legs. What's wrong with you? Bang. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, nothing's the only fight I. Uh, and if you're going to ask me the question, what's the most fights that stood out with you? It's the fight I'm having right now. Yep. It's the lawsuits I'm in right now. Yep. And these lawsuits are the most important. They're like, because this is going to change MMA, the landscape. I mean, I'm in a class action lawsuit against these guys, and I'm in my personal lawsuit against these guys against steroids. Um, and we're going to win both. Yep. You know, I mean, we, my, my case in steroids is up on the appeal. We're in an appeal court now because... They own all the judges in, 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 in Vegas. You know, they've paid them all off. You know, how do two judges recuse themselves from my case? How does a judge say to me, uh, you knew what you were getting into and um, who knows whether you'd won the fight or not? But, but that's not, the, that, the, that's not the, the, the truth is here, lady. It doesn't matter whether I won the fight or not. The truth is it wasn't a fair fight. Yeah, that's the truth, yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether I won or not. It wasn't a fair fight. And I didn't sign up to fight a guy that was on steroids. The lady had no clue. So then, she, she just had no clue because she got paid. So that's they get appointed by the Nevada Athletic Commission though, yeah? I don't know who they get appointed, but, you know, when they're all having – it's a small place, Las Vegas, and when they're having dinner somewhere, well, you know, people get, people get funded a lot of shit in that area because they know everyone knows each other. Yeah, yeah. And people might think I'm speculating, but, you know, I mean – there's, there's so many other cases you can look at. I mean, same thing I talked to Frank Shamrock. He's like, dude, I had an open and shut case, went to Las Vegas, got creamed. I mean, in my case, two judges recuse themselves because they know they're in the wrong. Yep. So we had to appeal it, and now we're going to, in October is the end of the appeal. So have they got a fighters union at all? No. The closest thing is the MMA FA. It's a, an association, so there's – um, when it started, it was six fighters. Now I'm part of the, the six fighters that are uh, in the class action lawsuit. And that's a, we're trying to bring in the Ali Act. So right now, the UFC fighters are getting 20% of the revenue, the total revenue. They should be getting... It's only 18, eh? I think, roughly. Well, around it I up. thought it was 4%. It was, you know, something was stupid like that. It's mm. something like that. At the end of the day, you know, a boxer gets, you know, 50%. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua make... 60, 70 million a fight. Yep. Because it's a business. And that's the same with the NFL. When you look at the NFL, they're split 50-50 with their players. So it's a business. It's a partnership. And, well, and the not, same not would a, be... Not in the UFC. No. There's no partnership. No. You're just a worker. You're just a you're subcontractor. You're a subcontractor. You're not even an employee. You're not even getting paid. We're going to pay what we want to pay you. And that's 20% of the total revenue. Mm. You know, they own... But the thing is, they own the, the image of these fighters... They, own, they have to wear uniforms for a week. They own everything about them. So why aren't you looking after them for their health, superannuation, all that? Oh, because they're not employees. Oh, right. So that's your scam. They're just crooked. End of the day, the Ali Act changes everything. They have to pay 50% of the revenue, which makes them – I mean, why, why, why shouldn't guys like John Jones or all these great fighters, well, the ones that aren't cheating, why, why aren't they getting the same amount as um, Canelo Alvarez – Anthony yep. Joshua, yep. you know, what, they're getting, what, I think 5 million max, 8 million max. I think Brock Lesnar got the most out of all of them, 8 million max. Yeah, well, I think John Jones, yeah, so his last fight, it was 5 million. But when you look at it, I think his base salary with the UFC is only 500K. You know what I mean? But it's then it's all, yeah. But how does it give, you know, like you look at like a Paige Van Zandt or um, 
oh, what's his name? Um, you know, that sugar, um, Sean O'Mealy, you know, like Paige is on 35 and 35 and he's on 40 and 40. <clears throat> but with all this undisclosed amount for John Jones, it doesn't give them any negotiating power. You know what I mean? Like That's it, the thing though. The company, you don't know what they're making. It's a private, you don't know, you can't say, you can't as a fighter come in and say, okay, I'm going to go and go for this amount because I know what they're making. Yep. As a starter, I should start with this. But you don't know what they're making. So how can you go within anything? Or, or as a fighter, you'll come in and say, here's what you're going to get. There's no bartering. Fight or you don't either fight. take that or get off. Mm. We've got The thing is that people are starting to realise, like there's thousands of people, that, millions of people starting to realise that UFC, there's no money in that title and there's no prestige. Before they used to think there's money in that title and there's prestige, but people are realizing, not because of just me saying that, but because of all the fighters are saying we need more money. Yeah. Now why is a champion saying that? What's yeah. the point of being the champion of the world and, and, and one of the hardest sports in the world, mixed martial arts, when you got to go and ask for more money? Yeah. And <laughs> relinquish your belt. I mean, well, fuck. I mean, I'd rather go and be the best boxer in the world. At least I make one fight and go. You know, do you want to do that more? Nah, I don't want to get punched in the face. Because you said. <laughs> You're set. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why the, um, uh, Triple C, Henry Cejudo retired. You know, it's it, it know, was because of pay. T- it was because of pay. <laughs> that's how all of them say they retire. They, they got to go through this, this, these avenues because, and that's the sad thing about it because they've got no much options. And people say, well, the business has got to run. They, the UFC and all their fucking scumbags, they pay off. They make all these excuses like they've got to, they've got to hire all this. They've got to catch these costs. Dude, you're making at least $100 million every show. Yeah. And how much do you pay of that to the fighters for one whole card? One whole card will cost them $5 million at least. So where's the $95 million go? Yeah. Well, I think the ESPN contract is $750 million a year. Well, you know? that, well they, that's so the they're thing. making it's, bank. Yeah. They're already making bank from other avenues. But we already know the crookedness of it. I just feel the fighters, you just, I mean, it's hard to just say to, as a fighter because you've got an employment, you've got a job. It's hard to bite the bullet and say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go and stand up because I want better pay. Instead of losing what I've got already, I'm just going to sit here and say, I'll take what I get. But that's that's not you being a fighter. That's you being a fucking, you're living on your knees. You know, like you're, like one of the quotes I like living by is like, I'd rather live on my, uh, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my fucking knees. And that's what these motherfuckers are doing, living on their knees. Yeah. And they call themselves fighters. Yep. And I think you doing what you're doing, like spreading the awareness. See, looking from the outside in, I don't follow the UFC. So all, all this shit, is very interesting because it just cements like, you know, I don't get off on the back of the bandwagon and I don't pay for pay-per-view or, or I don't do all that, but, like, spreading the awareness like you are spreading it, like, it's fucking powerful because... Well, that's, that's what i got to do. Yeah. I've got no choice. I've, I've been doing it for years. And that, that's what's sad because people, like I said before, people thought that it was so cool and so prestigious mm. there's so much money in this company. But that was, like, 10 years ago. But people are starting to realise now because, you know, people are speaking up and saying, this is not what uh, the best fighters should be making. They're not making even a living paycheck. It's like, yeah, but it's better to have a business. Mm. Better to go to work and get a business because there's no the money is going to these guys that already own the company, that are already rich. The royal family of Dubai, the the, the all these movie stars. You know, these Mark Warburg, um, all these, you know. The, co-owners. The, the, the <laughs> co-owners that own this. Whether they know or not what they're paying, it's actually like a proper business. Yeah. Well, I guess like even if you look at like pages, pages pay, you know, it's 35 <clears throat> for a fight, 35 for a win. So even if she doesn't win, say she's just set on 35 for the fight, her last fight she didn't win, you know, she's got to pay half of that in taxes. She's got to pay, you know, her camp. Yeah. Like 
Yeah, they're left with fuck all money, man. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, man, uh, I've been saying this for years. It's just disappointing. You know, I, like I said, I've come in there, I've seen how it works, and they try to keep you quiet. But then you come out, you go, man, you know what, man, I'm sick of this. I got pissed up because of this lawsuit about the steroids thing. And I spoke about that. But I was arguing with these guys 10 years ago when I was in the arguing about better money. Mm. I was like, what, what, what? And even with the, the fight I had against Roy Nelson in Japan, I said, that's what we started arguing over the incident. And I said, man, fuck you. We, I, I, uh, I was talking to Dana and the Fatita brothers and we organized a deal over the phone. They sent me a uh, contract and it was a fuck contract. It wasn't what we organized and talked about. Then we started arguing on the internet. <laughs> and I said, well, fuck you. I'm not fighting that fight. You can go fuck yourselves. You know, that's when it came, they changed the contract. Yeah. Mm. These guys are fucking, t- they're just crooked ass, man. Yeah, about a month ago on um, on ESPN, they had um, that Max Calloway, um, Dana White, and um, this fellow called Dominique Foxworth. Um, so he used to be like a cornerback for uh, the Denver Broncos in the I NFL. I saw that. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, he didn't have the statistics there, but he still gave Dana a bit of a servant. So he, he used to be the CEO for the National Basketball Players Association. He just knows when, when he hears that number, 20%, he goes, yeah, 20% of your billion-dollar company a year? Mm. Come on. 20% for how many fighters? For how, how many fight shows? Yeah. Come on. Mm. And that's total revenue. That's, that's their image on the game. That's everything. Yeah, yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's a rot, man. Things are changing, hopefully, soon. Well, like I said, more people need to speak up. I mean, I thought with John Jones saying something and these other things, I mean, this lawsuit's going to finish these guys, man. That's, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. These lawsuits going to change the landscape. Um, by, I reckon by the end of this year, my lawsuit ending in October, there's no way these guys are going to win this lawsuit unless they pay these judges off. And that's in the high court. Yep. You know? Well, that's I think what makes when- me laugh when they, I see Donald Trump posting up and, our, you know, we're going to get our economy started by this fucking cocksucker, Dana White, and fucking Mitzvah. Man, I'm like, so you're going to let these fucking crooked motherfuckers start your economy? Oh, my God. These guys are the fucking <laughs> Dude, come worst. Come on, man. It's Donald Trump. He's as crook as they come as well. Bruh. Now, I think, um, obviously, like, I think with COVID, too, and you got the John Joneses, you know, Henry Cejudo, I think this is when all the fighters need to need to really bond together because was, they, they have to put on X amount of shows for ESPN each year. They've sold their ass. That's what I said yeah. ages ago. I said to them, you know, if the, all the fighters Bend top 100 together. said, right now we're not going to fight at all, guess what's going to happen? The UFC owner goes, okay, who do we speak to? Hundred. Mm. Yep. And the fighter's going to speak to you about what? About fucking pay. <laughs> yeah. We have to. They have to deliver the the fucking all these this, these yeah. TV stations content. Yep. And then Fight they nights ask, content, yeah, yeah. and they've sold their ass for it. And if the fighters say, "Well, we're not going to do it for twenty percent. We need to do it for fifty percent." They got they, no. They, they had no. They had no choice but to say yes. Yeah, that's right. So they're just going to sit down and they're just going to starve everyone out. That means ESPN will get won't get their shit and they'll be at mm-hmm. at their throats. It's yeah. a. It's as simple it's, as that. It, it is, but, but it's happened? a fear thing. You know what I mean? Like if if someone in you know in my job comes and goes, oh, we're gonna we're we're not gonna work because of pay. It's like, like you know. He said, oh, "All right, come here, fuck off." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what happened to fucking uh, Masvidal. Yeah, What's he still got that title shot though. Yeah, in the end. Yeah. Because they came to agreement. I said that before. I said if they don't come to terms, Masvidal's getting benched, just like Jones is getting benched. Jones, yeah, I'm sitting sit on the bench. Mm. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Like he only wanted what he want another five mil, like maybe, like to go up against Francis. But it's not about him wanting it. Mm. When someone opens the door, 
Mm. Everyone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what's going to happen with this lawsuit. When this door's open, these guys are going to be screwed. Yeah, I'm going to be laughing my fucking ass off. So when's that hearing <clears> next? My, my, my lawsuit's ending in October. Yep. Whether we win the appeal or not. Um, and I, I would like to get, you know, I'd like to go to trial. I'd rather go to trial. I'd like to see what mm. us these fuckers are hiding because you can't put anyone in jail for a civil case. Mm. But once the civil case is won, you get more information out of it. Yep. You can take that information and go to a Hi. criminal case. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we'll see if that money can save them from getting pumped up the ass with a dildo, <laughs> you know, without lube. <laughs> a real and that's, and that's the truth. It, you can't put anyone in jail from a civil case, but the stuff you can get from it, you can make a, a, um, a, a, a criminal, criminal case. case. Look at fucking OJ Simpson. Yep. <laughs> yeah, true. Back to front though, but... That's what could happen. Yep. And um, I'd rather, like I said, whatever money you're thinking about offering, you're going to go straight to fucking jail. We're going to go to trial. We're going to see all your dirt that you've been hiding. from the. We never, in my case, we never got a chance to do discovery. We never got a chance to do anything. Yep. You know, because they got, these fuckers paid them off. Mm. They didn't even answer any questions of discovery, nothing. Didn't get to depose anyone. So when this is done in October, if we win the appeal... I'm looking to go straight to trial. I mean, uh, I'd like to see what's going, what else they're hiding in their closets. And I know, you know, become like they're, how they've been doing it and getting away with it all these years and not have any fucking shit hidden in the yeah, closet. For sure. Any skeletons in your closet. These motherfuckers got skeletons up the ass. <laughs> I mean, Michael Bisping had the best lawsuit, but look how they're treating him. DC's got a great lawsuit. Look how they're treating him. Yeah. They give them TV work. They give him this and that. Oh, he's my best mate. Bisping's my best mate. Oh, but he's got one eye. <laughs> oh, what happened to your eye? Oh, that's right. They got fucking... Wheel roundhouse kicked by um, Vitor. Oh, and, and was that guy cheating? TRT. Oh, he was cheating. And how did they know that? Oh, because the email was, le- was, was, was leaked out. Oh, so they knew that he was cheating and they still let him fight. Anyone looking at him knew he was fucking but, cheating. But, but looking at him can't win in court. Looking at him, no, there. no, that's right. But I mean, that lawsuit right there in his eye—that's a billion dollar eye. Michael Bisping is a billion dollar eye, bro. <laughs> and I told your dad the same thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, when I saw him, I told your dad the same thing. You got time; it's running out. He gets some sort of um, like oil lubricated, um, injected into his eyeball. Mm. Well, I know just. <laughs> They're looking after him, and they better look after him because, man, if he turns mm. turns ship on them, they're fucked. Yeah, he needs to. You know, it needs well, to come out. He needs to tell the whole world about because, I mean, look, his his lawsuit's simple. Mm. They leaked the information. They knew he was cheating, and they still let him fight. And the consequences show, yeah. And the consequences is he's got one eye. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got fucked vision. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? That means a billion dollars, Dana White. <laughs> it means come on to me, commentator roster. <laughs> Come into my comments here, Hey man, you want a TV show? What do you need? You want a house? <laughs> hey man, if I was pissed because you know what, man, I could give me a billion dollars and I buy my own shit. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, bro, that's, that's that's reality. That's that's what I was telling his dad in Russia. I said, bruh and you know what, man, his time is running out. He's probably already run out. Mm. I don't know when did that eye happen. He's got ten years, I think, to to file a lawsuit. He's probably. Smart money is he's probably sitting enjoying the fruits and you know what? I want a billion dollars, Mr. White. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wanna buy me a private jet like you have, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love it. So you closed the door on on that UFC thing in 2018. What um what's the last couple of years been like for you? What what have you been? I've been angry, I've been bitter and I've been angry. I've been doing podcasts, I've been 
Get um, the word out there. I've been, you know, doing my lawsuit. I've been opening businesses. I've been, you know, I mean, I've been angry. I've been angry and bitter. Um, and on my career, so I've been fighting for a long time. I didn't want it to end like this. Yeah. You know, but you get pushed out by a company that uh, uh, that uh, doesn't enforce their own policies and laws and says, oh, it's okay to cheat. It's okay to use drugs. We, we condone that. Look at this guy. Mm. Yeah, look at him. Give him his fucking $8 million. Thanks, Buck. We just sold our company <laughs> for $4.5 billion or whatever the fuck it was. Do you reckon um, Do you reckon all this anger and that towards them has fueled you and, um, and made you more driven, like you starting new businesses and that sort of thing? Well, it had to. I had no choice. Me being driven has just been a part of my childhood. I've been driven since I was a kid. Yep. Uh, I've been driven because I've had nothing. I've been driven because, uh, you know, people look down upon you and people make fun of you. Kids are cool. They make fun of you all the time. But, you know, when kids are making fun of you, you're always putting the positive coins in yourself. So that's how my drive is, even that 46 years of age, is is, is so high. Yep. Um, because, you know, I don't want to be told I can't do anything or be let down by anyone. Because, you know, I mean, why should I, you know, um, live by your standards and what you say, I'm, or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I had, I mean... As you get older, things change, and I'm like, let me give you a story. I was, I was, uh, I took my bike and um, it's a Trek Powerflight. It's a, it's an expensive bike. I took it down to get it um, serviced, right? Because it had a flat tire and the, and the electrics weren't working. Went to Hunter Bike Works in, um, in, um, <laughs> fucking what's that place down there? Anyway, Hunter Bike Works, and <laughs> I went down there last week. Probably in Hunter Street, I'd say. Is it? <laughs> what last week? No, it's not a new car. It's in. Um, Someplace anyway, I went there last week and I said, Oh, can you fix the tire and the surface the electrics? Um, and he goes, oh, Okay, and the fucking thing was, he goes, Oh, the, the dude goes, Oh, we can't fix it because he needs the key to open the battery, get the wiring. And I was like, I went in and I said, oh, I'll go back when I go to see the kids. I go get the bike where I got the, the bike from and and call these guys. So I called that guy, we went to the shop, he calls that guy to that shop, and then I came back and then I Called, uh, went to the called the hunter bike shop this morning. Is uh, is everything sorted? The bike is oh, no, I'm trying. Everything's mixed up. I don't know whether you got uh, uh, the key. You can't do it unless you have the key. And I said I called that guy to call you to sort it out. He goes no. So I said I'll come in down there and I'll call this guy from that shop to talk to you about it. <laughs> it was like a whole fucking run. And then I heard this guy talking. This little fuck we're talking to the fucking other guy. He's like, oh, I just wanted to hear, um, you know, that it wasn't stolen. And I'm thinking. This motherfucking racist cunt. <laughs> this fucking little racist cocksucker from, bike, from Hunter Bargos. This, this racist motherfucker thought that I'd stole the bike. <laughs> and you know what, what was easy about it? I was like, all he had to do was just say, have you got a receipt for the bike? Mm. Did you steal the bike? I would have got my phone and said, here's the receipt. You know, you would have, but I think he was just racist. Yeah. Stay he thought down. I stole the bike Stay and I heard him say, he, he was like, the, I just wanted to hear you say, I'm like, <laughs> he didn't even ask me if, if the bike was 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 paid. He, he said, "Have you got the receipt for the bike?" He just thought I stole the bike. Fuck <laughs> it. Didn't no. you believe that? For one, I, w- I wouldn't assume that he did. But for one, I wouldn't ask you either. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the truth is, think about it. The, the guy, the guy has, has, if he just asked the question, it would have saved me a whole week. Yeah, a hundred percent. But he, he's like, he didn't even ask whether I stole. He 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 wanted someone else Assumed, to say. Yeah. He looked at me and said, "I think this." I think this black guy stole the bike. You know, I think I'll just uh, wait for, you know. He wanted some proof and I was like, it's got a receipt, you know. Fuck if he just asked me, I would have just showed him the receipt. Yeah, it's simple as that. Fucking scumbag. Anyway, 
You better have that bike fixed, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. scumbags. I can't believe it. I said, you know, I'm not taking my bike ever again there. No. Oh, where was that bike shop again? Hunter Bike Works. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot where it was. Let me just ask one of the boys where it was. I was going to make a big fuss about it, but I was like, you know, I just want my bike back. Just service it, get my wheel back, and I'll give you the money, and then get I won't see you again. That's it. You're, um, you're training for five, the gallon? Paul? Um, maybe? I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think they've... You know, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was trying to look to see if it was um, booked and ready to rock and roll because I was going to wear my shark jersey tonight for you. <laughs> uh, hey, man, wear whatever you want. It's not going to determine the outcome. The fuel and fire. Yeah. No, it'd be good to see him go to sleep, actually. Uh, no, he's a nice guy. I just don't know why he wants to play around in this field. Yeah. Challenge sure. himself, maybe. Well, challenge yourself in a running race. Challenge yourself running up a, up a fucking hill, running, riding a bike. Then challenge yourself in front of everyone watching. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess there's not many others he could pretty much call out in Australia that's got. There a is. Name I mean, he could have called out Lucas Brown. He could have called out a lot of different fighters and fight yeah. them. I mean, um, but I think he's, he thinks he's got it over me because I'm old. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, lucky me. Eh? <laughs> oh well, hey man, I'm looking forward to uh, sorting it out and um, ending my career. You know, um, with, with six more fights after this. Yeah. yeah fuck yeah. That's cool, man. Mm. Yeah, so, you looking fit? Well, I'm not fit. I'm still. I just uh, had a big weekend, but um, you know, down at uh, Pinpoint, uh, fucking Paulie just hammers us. <laughs> <sighs> fucking Paulie. <laughs> so, do you have like a nutritionist and that sort of thing for when you do go into camp, or not really? Uh, you know what? Long story. <laughs> <laughs> long story, man. I, I, I can. It's a long story. Trust me. You know about him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I just. I just go down to Coles and buy meals because I mean, I'm eating out a lot of the times and yep. um, just buy meals because you just go put it in the microwave and cook it up. Yeah, yeah. I did have a nutritionist, um, or you know, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we might do the three before you flee. We've got three questions before we um, let you shoot through. Yeah, sorry, um, I've been wanking on so long, but yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's all good. right. No, man, that's good. That's um. We're thankful, yeah. thankful for your time. I like mixed martial arts, so it was good to dive into it and, and you know, hey man, a, anything you need, a different just let perspective, me know. you know what I mean? Just holler, let me know, man. I, I'll, I'll enlighten you as much as I can for my knowledge and experience. Yeah. Anything you want, yeah. No, 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 you, you want to get the word out about, you know, fighter pay and, and, you know, sort of making it fair for everyone. Well, I understand why the women are always upset about it. <laughs> Equality, man. <laughs> It's yeah. similar, isn't it? No. In the workplace, it's exactly the same in the workplace. I mean, yeah. it sucks. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. Uh, first one is, uh, what motivates you to get up in the morning? I think what doesn't motivate me, and if I stay in bed, what else? I mean, I mean, there's so many, there's millions of reasons to uh, to stay in bed, and there's a million and one reason to get up and go to work. Mm. Especially like after all these years of like you know the hard training and stuff, and obviously the first time I, I met you and seen you, it was like you know five thirty in the morning, and you're running down Newcastle Promenade. You know what I mean? Like how what, how do you still get up each morning? What like where's the motivation come from? I'm driven. I'm a driven. I'm a driven person. I was, and I, I don't know. I met this girl that. Uh, Anyway, uh, anyway, oh, okay, I was on Tinder. And the, uh, <laughs> Come this, on, man, we were talking about Tinder it before. And this person wanted to face someone like this. And she, she showed my pictures to some of her friends. She's like this. And, and her thing she asked me was, oh, am I driven? Am I this? I'm like, I can't believe I asked one of the most driven men in the world if he's driven. I'm like, fuck. Anyway, I put that up on my post and um, some smartest like Jason Stevens, your little prick, he says, I drive my car. <laughs> That's quite funny, though. <laughs> Good on him. Uh, yeah, that is a funny guy. Love it. All right, next one is um, what legacy do you want to be remembered for? 
Um, to be standing up for what's right. Um, you know, not to be. Uh, yeah, I think they. I think the word is they say not to be quiet when you need to be loud mm. to, to to speak up. You know, yeah. I mean, things don't go well when when good men say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to commend you on that. Like, you know, you, you're a fighter in the ring, but you're also a fighter outside. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where these guys that are that going around with the fighters, that's where they need to be. Yeah. You know, you're fighting for your life in the in the ring and octagon and you fight for your life outside, for your yeah. family and everything. It's, it's all one fight. Yeah, that's right. And that's for everything. And that's why I don't understand where these guys just don't, you know. Stand you know, up. Just stand up and say, you know, I'm sick of this shit. I'm 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 not fucking living on my knees sucking fucking Dana White off. I'm standing up fucking shit up. Yeah. Because when they do, you know, um, I think, um, you remember Tim Sylvia? Yeah. Yeah, like he um, he put up a post there like maybe last week, um, you know, trying to, uh, he's got a fucked hand and he's got to get some like massive surgery and he had to put a GoFundMe page up because he's like, he suffered, you know, from all them years of fighting and everything. And he actually hit um, the UFC up trying to get them to um, to pay for him. That was it's like, a work yeah. injury. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, sorry. Yeah. It's a work injury, and that's one. Yeah. Same thing with Mark Coleman. Those two guys were the founders of the foundations of this company. Yep. And look how they treated. Mm. Shit. I remember sharing his post. He was on Twitter. He had to. He got up to about ten thousand dollars. And what's sad is that guy. He was one of the founding members and champions of this company. And look how they treating him. Mm-hmm. And then twenty, thirty thousand dollars, even a million dollars, is fucking nothing to them. No, nothing. Especially when they are, you know, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, that's right. They need that money to fall back on to, you know, repair their bodies. It's and, a work and injury. Yeah. It happened while yeah. I work. I, I saw that while I was in Brazil, I think, and, and Frank Murray popped his arm. Yeah. <clears throat> and everything, what's happened is popped his arm here and his hands fucked everything. It's all together. It's a, it's, it's a whole thing. And that company just, you just have to look at how they treat their workers. That was a savage man, popping that arm. Mm-hmm. Lucky Herb Dean stopped that fight. Yeah. Well, he still picked them up. He did, yeah, but he you know called why? it. He called it. He wanted to keep fighting too. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that was, yes, sir. Uh, that was fucking wild. <laughs> All right, last but not least, what's next for you, brother? Um, I got a, like I said, I got a eight-week uh, eight block of training. I'm looking forward to getting really sharp and looking forward to uh, getting to camp. I'm looking forward to... Um, Meeting a lot of these Newcastle girls. What's up, y'all? I got a lot of uh, dates lined up. Um, I'm looking, actually looking forward to spending the, the weekend with my uh, ex-wife and the kids this weekend. So um, just simple training and uh, family. Yeah, cool. And hopefully some Tinder dates. Nice. nice. I'm nice. sure you won't. And you know, Newcastle has got the best woman I've seen around in the world. And I've been all over the place. <laughs> I can vouch for that. And beaches and, and cafes. And, and everything, everything else. else yeah. Lifestyle. Just playing lifestyle, man. On on that, we'd like to um, yeah thank you for your time, brother, and um, welcome you to Newcastle and everything you're doing around here. You know, um, you're, you're always sharing your time with, with everyone around in Newcastle, and it's really good to see. And um, not just that, you know, the fight that you that you're standing up for really shows the person that you are. And like I said, looking from the outside in, um, I don't follow the UFC, but like for, I can see the passion and stuff. And, and you know, they're the people that I want to be have around in my life, and people that I want to follow on my social media and stuff like that. So. I, I commend you on that as well. Yeah, thanks. Thank, I appreciate that, man. And I think everyone should look on those along those guidelines, especially with, with not just fighting with anything. Mm. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, if it's not one thing, it's something else, mm. and it could be something massive to you. It's mm. something made small to someone else. But yeah. I mean, if nothing's done about it, it's just going to fester and it's going to live rent free in your mind. Mm. That's, That's right. one and thing. Then you I sort have. it out. That's one thing I have noticed. Like you, you share your time. When um, I think you're on the Ronda Rousey card in Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, and um, 
uh, we went to the Crown Casino after it, me and my mate, and um, you were there in the food court, and you're with your family, and like so many people were lining up to take photos with you, and yeah. and like I even said to me mate, like I don't want to annoy you, like and I was just condemning him you because you were just every time you get up, take another picture, sit back down, get up, take another picture, sit back down, like you were giving them people that time, yeah. even yeah, when your family was there after a fight. Yeah. But that's like uh, that's for me. That's it's a if you're not. People are not doing that. You're not doing your job properly. Yep. Mm. You know, it's, it's not they don't. The thing is, famous people get put up there by us. Mm. We put them up there. We make the movie stars. We make them. We can break them. We make these guys on pedestals when they're just normal people. Normal people. That's what I want you to understand. People that, that see some famous person, they got to live all the shit. They have the shittest lives. Look at how they live. They have to live, and if they don't have their money, they're fucked. Mm. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at how he lived. Yep. <laughs> he had to disguise himself to live because he he was. Uh, I just I don't know why people want to be famous mm. and that's the bottom line at the end of the day all the, all the people like me and everyone like us we put these people on pedestals mm. whether they've achieved something great or don't we put them up here and then when they start falling we fucking tear them down mm. like Johnny worst. Depp right it's now it's the worst yeah, Johnny Depp right now in it the is media, the worst just man. getting torn down and like they were tearing him down you know oh, like <laughs> this is bad how's he gonna overcome all this but then I was thinking well hang on like you got Robert Downey Jr Iron Man who, like, you know, he was in that similar vote to what, obviously not assaulting women, but, you know, the drugs and everything and alcoholism and that back in the day. And, like, he bounced back and now he's, you know, killing it with the Iron Man franchise and everything. But, um, yeah, man. Didn't he have AIDS? Oh, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, Shaquille O'Neal's still killing him. and he's got AIDS. Mm. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> hello. I mean, sucks. It's like I said, people just, we put these guys up on these pedestals and. And one slip up and we just want to bring them back down. And we're throwing these, fucking shooting them with bullets from when they do something wrong. The people forget they're human. They're like everyone. They have needs too, like everyone else. Yeah, man, it's just that everyone knows what the fuck they're up to. That's yeah. why I don't know why people want to be famous. Yeah. There's no point. You can't live a normal life. You don't have a normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Like look at how people live. They go out. They have to fucking hide themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. There was a, I think I read a story there where like. You know, Eminem, fucking successful as fuck, and, they, and it was his daughter's graduation, and he had to sit in the classroom and look through the windows down yeah. at the actual graduation because he just couldn't actually sit in the crowd. Yeah. It's like a, the, a lot of those A-list celebrities, man. They're a prisoner of their own fame. That's why you're like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know. The people say, I want to be like that. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Trust me. Just You can go and do whatever you want so no one knows gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just fuck don't murder man. anyone and do some of the bad shit, then you'll be good. Don't, yeah, that's right. don't go collect Just, that $20,000 reward. <laughs> exactly. You'll <laughs> 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 spend 20 years, man. Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate no, it, man. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Thank Cheers. You. Oh.